Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, that as rich guys would do epic shit. And now, your host, that's Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. That's your home. I'm always home. I'm on tour. Me too. You're doing great, dude. The only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're on cool. Is that my advice to you? And I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong Tribe Confounds, The Right Tribe Compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. What's up, Go Bros? I got Mr. Matt Alenza on the line, and we are going to get to know Matt in the Go Bro room. Matt! Welcome to the Go Abundance Podcast. Good to be here, Pat. Hey, Matt, why don't you tell everybody about yourself so they get to know you better? All right, all right. Let's start from scratch then. So I'm from outside Philadelphia, born and raised, uh, not too far away from there now in Wilmington, Delaware. <laughs> I was somebody that always really tried to do well in school, not to knock the other half of me, which I always was very competitive. As you and I found out last year when we were playing some broom ball, I love it. But um, academics took over and always, always kind of wanted to be the best. Not in, not in a boastful way, honestly. I've had a lot of good friends over the years say that about me, where, you know, I was very mild-mannered. You know, didn't come out and say I was the best. So that was cool. So did really well. Did really well in high school. Ended up being valedictorian. Then got a free ride to a few schools. But I went to Lehigh University, basically to become an engineer. And somewhere along that path, probably freshman year, I started changing my opinion of school. You know, anybody can work hard and do well in school, especially our old school system, honestly. You know, you study hard for a test, you pass it, and then there you go. You get a good grade. So I um, worked on a project blending business and engineering, actually for a, um, a new snowboard binding. So it was really cool. Taught us everything about business, obviously about making it to, marketing it, you know, trying to make that business profitable. So unfortunately, we, um, we formed an LLC and we got ahead of ourselves because when we eventually did the patent search, we missed it by about a month. And uh, Burton actually had the design kind of in the works. So if we would have done it quicker, we might have made a little bit of money. That kind of burned me a little bit. I've always been someone to kind of really work really hard. Good in a team, but I would always take the lion's share. So I really started shifting my opinion of what I want to do. I uh, did well through college. actually got a job for UPS while I was still in college, like a co-op program. So I worked during the summer. You know, I was still up at school, and we would switch on off semesters. Long story short, at UPS, 
I basically told them, I don't want to work for somebody in five years. I want to work for myself. So I was with some people that were pretty cool with that. And they still, you know, hired me on. I didn't stay there very long. Then I took a job at JP Morgan. Was there just over two years and then found my way back at Boeing. And I never really wanted to work for Boeing because I had family members that worked for Boeing and it just wasn't in, in my nature. However, the salary was there. And right around that time of what I say is my first legit job, that's when I bought a house. So I bought a house because my mom wanted to charge me rent to move back home. And I didn't like that idea very much. So I bought a big house uh, and had two roommates from day one. So you know, you know the deal with house hacking. That's what I did before it was kind of a thing. And I got a third roommate, and then I got a fourth roommate. I'm like, wow, this is really cool. So um, what I wanted to do was kind of repeat the process. I wanted to buy another house, put somebody in it as like my main man or girl, you know, if they wanted to handle it, and um, have them manage it, and me either pay it off or make some money on it. I found out that wasn't too feasible for me. So then I started buying condos and fixing them up. And uh, that's what I did. I had nine properties under my belt before I left Boeing and then essentially did investing full time. I never wanted to be a realtor. It wasn't in me, but I learned the, the hard way that, you know, there's a lot of realtors out there that aren't great. So I helped family and friends. It kind of grew organically and then it took off. So now I have a team behind me. You know, I'm still out there helping buyers. I'm trying to get away from that. But um, that's basically me in a nutshell. You know, I have 22 properties now. They're all owned outright except two of them. And that is, you know, that's how I support my family. And everything with, you know, my sales is legitimately gravy. So I have three kiddos, uh, Antonio six, Bella's four, and Eva's two. That's me in a nutshell. That's awesome, dude. I love it. So let me ask you about the rental properties and that sort of thing. 20 out of 22 are paid off. Now you said your sales, are you, you have a real estate license? What are you selling? Yep, houses. So residential, I'm licensed in Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland, and a teammate in New Jersey. So we got the whole area covered. Oh, wow. Okay. And so like what's the average uh, value of, of these houses? That I own or that I sell? Uh, that you own, yeah. Uh, so they're, they're all about, some of them are cheap condos I picked up for about 40. I did the work myself, fixed them up, and rent them out. So I have them all in the books between 120 and 140. But um, they're pretty much in there. That's awesome. So, like, um, do you ever think, hmm, I should get a commercial loan, take the money out, and invest, uh, you know, elsewhere? Or have you come to the conclusion in your mind that you're just going to let it sit and collect the passive income from it? Nah. So, that's why I joined GoBundance. I think I've done all right on my own. But that is silly. So many people look at me and they think I'm crazy because I would save up money. I would buy a place cash, you know, knock it out and then run it. And I'm pretty good at renting them out and got better over the years streamlining that process. But yes, I mean, I should do that. Uh, I didn't have my first LLC until last year. So a good chunk of those original ones are under my own name. And then I got an umbrella policy. But I just learned a lot of things the hard way. So yes, I would love to take that money out. Where the market is now, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking at too many properties, but when a deal comes up, I'm going to snag it. It's, um, I've been focusing too much on my team to really focus too much on my personal stuff. Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting dynamic. Like, you know, I remember when the shit hit the fan in like 2008, 
2009. I had maybe, let's say, 15 units, right? Just single families all around, all in Maryland. And um, I panicked and I paid them all off. I had all individual mortgages on them, right? Like 30-year mortgages on them. Panic and paid them all off, which I regret now because if you can get a loan, even though they're at like 6%, the fact is they were mortgages that were stretched out 30 years, fixed, right? They might even been at 7%. But then at about 2012, when I started wanting to plow into a bunch of investments, I found myself cashless, you know what I mean? Because I had all these rental units paid off. So I actually did get a commercial loan and took out about a million bucks and invested it. And I still have that loan. I think it's like I owe like 970 on it, right? So the other day I was just thinking I had, you know, some shit happened on some of my properties. And of course, you know, I'm kind of reactionary. I'm like, oh, fuck this. I'm going to sell them all, you know. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should just pay off that loan. And then if I paid off that loan, I could just collect the rent. But then I wouldn't be able to invest. Yep. You know, it's just crazy. It's like, it's like, uh, it's interesting. There's, a, I guess there's a time to have cash and not invest. And there's another time to plow and invest. I don't know where we're at right now. Hopefully in Aspen, you know, we'll dig into some of that with uh, some of our speakers. But, um, but it's interesting. Very interesting. So, so let's move on. Let's talk about your, what percentager are you? So I'm, I'm over a hundred percent. So I basically have to be, you know, $150,000 a year to cover all my expenses. And again, after you take out the rents and all the costs and the property taxes, I bring in about $200. So from that standpoint with the rents, that's, I mean, that's where I am. Per unit. What'd you say? Per unit. Per unit. What are you saying? $200. What do you mean? Oh no, 200,000. 200,000. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Clear after all my stuff is done. Got it. Got it. Got it. That's awesome. Well, I mean, you know, that's a lot of money to, to bring in from rental properties after everything is paid. So I could see how you'd be like, you know, why mess with that? Right. Why eat into that? All right. So let's, uh, what about your horizontal to net worth ratio? What's that? So I'm right around three mil. So if I'm bringing in say 300, it's right around 10%. Yeah, that's pretty good. 10% is very hard to get 10%. So, and I guess because it's so clean, you know, well, the, well, the, your horizontal is really two though, right? So it's really yeah, seven and a half percent. That down. Yeah, exactly. Seven and a half. <laughs> yeah. So seven and a half percent. I mean, that's still good. You know, a lot of GoBros are around two to five. It's hard to get up there. It's really hard to get above 10. So seven and a half is decent. And it probably has to do with you're so clean on those properties. And I guess being condos, it helps. You know, I know a lot of people, myself included, that own single family homes and they get eaten alive on the repairs so much that it brings that, that horizontal to net worth way down. Well, I'm going to change that, Pat. So all my places, every single one, I bought and I rehabbed myself. I was fortunate enough to learn carpet and floor installation at a young age through a family company. And then honestly, you know, being an engineer and just being, you know, I want to do things myself. I learned a lot. So in rehabbing those properties, as dumb as it might sound, I know what I have. So there really isn't many maintenance issues. And um, I've learned to be a pain in the butt over the last couple of years. You know, if something's wrong, I'll call them out on it. I mean, garbage disposals are my, my friend. People think I'm a moron for putting them in. But I tell people, don't put this down, don't put this. 
and I manage it. So it really helps with my rents because they're cleaner. Everything's nice. And I charge a premium. I don't deny that to anybody. So um, that's kind of how I do it. That's awesome. All right, cool. So what about your life happiness index? Let's move to that. What's your number there? So I was right around seven. There's a few things with family. And uh, I'll give a shout out to Camille. He was one of the first people I met in GoBundance at my first Philly meeting. You know, just pretty cool. Everyone's open. I've been loving it. You know, we were talking about lives right away. And Mark McGuire hopped in there too. We were talking about things and uh, they really let me share. So my wife, not anything bad there, but that brings it down and some family things where for other people, I'm just working too hard. So that kind of brings me down and I'm looking at ways to improve that and get an admin and certain things. But, um, you know, Brendan Lawrence, right? Yeah. Yep. So he's in our, you know, our GoPod, what we do, and he's been great. So good to kind of talk to him too and go over some things. Um, yeah, he's solid. He's solid. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, well, what, minus, I just did mine this morning, actually, at 7.53. So, you know, and I think that, they, again, I think you're right in that average range. You know, if, some, if somebody's at nine, they're, they're probably lying, right? Or there's just something. Or they're just, easily happy. Who knows? Yeah, they could be, right? They could be. But. I woke up today. I'm good. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. If you do them on the app, though, and then naturally it brings you down a little bit because there's stuff on there like music and dance and hobbies and stuff that I think we're all guilty. If you're, you're going to put a 10 on hobbies or music and dance, I mean, that's there's some things on there that, uh, that make it difficult, you know, which, which is good. I mean, because it stretches you. So, um, yeah, well, good. Okay, and then what about, uh, let's talk about your, your health. What, how much do you weigh? So I'm a buck 65 and funny you say that I was 176 in high school. I used to work out a lot. Holy shit. Strong, but you were um, 176 and now you're 165. What was that? What was it? That was muscle? Yep. All muscle. I didn't grow anymore since then vertically. <laughs> wow. Or shrink. <laughs> so you were a beast. I mean, like, were you like a bodybuilder type dude? You know, to be modest about it, I had, I forget what it was. Three, I think 375 or right up there was my max bench. So I got, I got pretty strong. And my uncle always helped me lifting from 10th grade on. So I excelled in a lot of sports and other things. I just didn't take it any further. Got it. So what's your body fat now? Oh, I'm, I'm low. I mean, I don't even get some of that checked, but I'm 6%, 5%. Jeez. I mean, I'm pretty low. I haven't got it measured since I used to be at Boeing because we would have a health assessment every year. That's the only reason I even know what the range is. What, um, well, tell me, what, what is your exercise routine today? So today, I just actually some push-ups and laying around, not doing a whole lot. But normally, <laughs> laying around, that does not count. So, you, so you don't work out at all, basically. No, that's not true. So four days a week, I have a doctor in my neighborhood, a University of Delaware professor, that were both good athletes themselves. So we typically, 6 a.m., we'll do a little jog around the neighborhood, and then kind of like a hit class that we run ourselves, we'll go to the tennis courts that aren't far away, actually run some back and forth on the lines there. And then there's an elementary school, you know, with a jungle gym, we'll do pull-ups, we'll do ski jumps. So we've been doing that almost for a year now. So that's what honestly really keeps me going. But one of my goals going forward is to lift more and try to do things a little more regularly. But throughout my day with the kids, I'm always running, doing something. So I'm not 
you know, I'm not big, so it doesn't bother me like overweight, but um, I need to work on that in 2020 as well. Yeah, I've been doing the, the hit, the high intensity interval training probably five years now. And I'm, I'm very pleased with number one, the results, but also with the low probability of injury on it, have yet to be injured on it. And, and it seemed like everything else that I would take on, I would somehow get injured. So yeah, that, that and yoga, I think are your two and swimming, you know, well, I got to hop in, I got to hop in on yoga, but, uh, seriously from doing that class side jumps and different things, it really did help with my knees. And I was working on a house in December and I fell off the ladder and landed really funny. You know what? I was fine. And the reason I was fine, I tell the doctor in the neighborhood too, that was the reason. You know, if, if I wasn't strong around the knees from what we were doing, I would have been hurt. And, you know, that's, that's something that keeps me going because I don't want to get hurt. Yeah, they call that functionality, right? Because as, as, you get, as you age, you lose functionality, right? Where you're like, hey, grandpa, or hey, hopefully not grandpa, but or at this for you, but anybody who says, hey, grandpa, or hey, dad, or hey, you, you know, Pat or Matt, can you grab that box on the top of this closet, you know, and then who, me or you or whoever grabs it and it's like, oh, my back, or hey, can you help me lift this couch, or hey, can you do this or that? You know, if you're, if you're doing the right exercises, your functionality is going to bounce you right back where someone else is going to be like huffing and puffing and crush their back and, yep. you know what I mean, be out for two weeks. Where for you, it's like, oh, no biggie, you know? Yep. The wrong tribe confounds. The right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller, Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, good. Uh, well, let's talk about your give back ratio. What's your give back ratio? So with those numbers, I was, I don't want to say 10% because I wasn't. It was right under That would be a lot, you know, I mean... Uh, no, it's hard no, to get. Ten percent's brilliant, but it's hard to I get. Was basing it just on two hundred grand that I bought in on passive. Yeah, I mean, let's ba- let's base it on your adjusted gross income on your tax return. So, whatever the adjusted gross income on your tax return is divided by the amount of money that you gave to charity, or and or the amount of time you donated times two hundred fifty bucks an hour or whatever. I did see that one? Yeah, I mean, basically just over three percent, three and a third. Yeah, yeah, that's that's about right. That's good. And I didn't count yeah. last year. I really helped my sister out with a car. Surprisingly, on her birthday, I uh, had a couple of days before paid it off, and she found out on her birthday, and she was really confused. Like someone else paid it off, so it was it was pretty cool to do that. That's awesome, dude. You know what? Yes, that's another thing too, right? You know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how old you are. I think if we can. I was telling this to Matt Aitchison, you know, he, and he's only like in his less than 30 or something. I was like, at the end of the day, you know, even though your dad's uh, active and you could have a father and a grandfather and you can even have a great grandfather. If you start thinking as a patriarch early on, it helps you manifest that patriarchal truth. Of the, you know what I mean? It helped me, you know, I'll take this to, to Tim Rhodes thing that he always talks about. And that's you know, your ultimate goal in life is to be that old, old dude in the family photo who's like 105 sitting on a wooden chair in the family photo in the middle 
surrounded by 30, 40 people, right? That patriarch. And I think that in order to become that patriarch, that old patriarch, you got to start thinking about it early and do things like pay off your sister's loan and, you know, pay for family vacations and, and, uh, you know, be that, be that person that you want to become. So I think that's great. Cool. And that's honestly, I got to have some more kids to have that many people sitting around me. But. Yeah, you got three. So they'll, they'll <laughs> hopefully they'll have kids and then no you got siblings farm. and their kids and you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. So um, let's talk about what are your, what, like what, where do you want to be in 10 years? How old are you now, Matt? So I just turned 36. Now, where do you, when you're 46, tell me what your life looks like. So I'm a simple person and pretty frugal. So not much would change. Honestly, with my kids being at that age, all 10 years older, there's a few things I want to do. And a GoBro told me before, I want to start taking them, probably at age 10, each one of them, on individual trips. I think it was old old college buddy of yours, if I remember. Yeah, Matty, I mean, I mean, Mark Swagger. Yes, sir. So uh, I went over my one sheet with him last year, but um, that really resonated with me because, honestly, each day is a blur. So I want to slow down the blur. I want to take care of some things that I don't have to do. And I've just been so frugal in my life where I would always do anything. And that's one of my faults. But, um, you know, spend some more time with family. And literally, I would, each one of them, their own week or five days, whatever it is, do a vacation, not to steal what you just said, but uh, more or less have that family patriarch position. I'm getting it now with a lot of people in my family for help with investing and leaning on me. And, you know, it's kind of hard when you, when you hang around your family. They still kind of look at you as a kid. I mean, at my age, still a little bit, but that's starting to go away. So that's pretty cool. And just helping them out. I mean, helping my parents out with who knows where they're going to end a retirement home. You know, being in real estate, I can start looking for them now, but I don't want to scare them. But that would be it. Probably definitely working a lot less in real estate. But um, I'm someone who can't sit still. So I'm always going to be doing something, but it's going to be a little bit more to my agenda. And uh, right now, especially in real estate, I do a lot of running around. I do. I know it. I'm doing it for a reason, to build the team and then kind of hand that off. You know, do more investing and then see what happens with the market. Who knows? Yeah. No, that's great. I love it. I love it. Um, and, and of course, by then, you know, your kids will be 16, 14, and 12, you know? Yep. So. I'm going to be in trouble. The two youngest are girls, so that's <laughs> trouble ages. That's great, though. Uh, you know, and you should definitely listen to uh, Mark Schwager's interview on the podcast. There's one of the earlier ones. He was also been elected the pillar killer several different years because of that, because what he does is, you know, he has three girls. He is obsessive about making sure that every year one of them gets a one-on-one trip with him. And they'll go to a Toby Keith concert in like Bangor, Maine, or they'll go to, you know, where the Bahamas and go to Atlantis, whatever the girl wants within reason, uh, he'll take them there for three or four days individually, just a one-on-one trip with him. And he actually inspired me to do it. I took my girls last year. We went, I had a double, I, I had two last year. I went to, and my girls are older which is even harder, but, um, you know, it's kind of that patriarchal thing. If you'll pay for it and you make it great, they'll come <laughs> for the most part. So me and my daughters went to Zion last year, just the three of us and hiked in Zion and stayed in a yurt, which was really cool. 
my daughter and I just went to India. She got an opportunity to go to India for a work gig. And I said, hey, how about I'll be your wingman since it's kind of sketchy, you know, and my wife was a little freaked out by it. And as I was, she's only 23. So I'm like, hey, how about I be your wingman? And she's like, okay, well, stay out of the way while I'm working. And then when I'm done working, we, we can go explore. So we took five days after her work was up and we went exploring all throughout India and stuff. So it was awesome. But anyways, you could keep it going. You could keep it going in older age if you start them young enough. So and well, they, what you said, Pat, I want to do family vacations. I do. I think that'd be cool. I hear a lot of people do that. It's just a weird thing and probably a lot of a lot of GoBros and other people you know. I just don't want any weird feelings about it. Like I rather just pay for it and have everybody around than them worry about it. So that's something a hurdle I'll get over. A lot of them won't come. Like I, I spent um, sixty grand, and this was ten years ago. But I was it ten years ago? Maybe eight? Maybe it was six years ago? But I yes took my no. <laughs> I took my uh, my sister, her three daughters. And my two daughters to Taiwan and China. So I took six girls and myself to Taiwan and China for two weeks, and it was awesome. And so now, ever since that, then like David Osborne was like, "Well, what can I do, you know, to to one up that?" And then he spent like seventy grand going to Africa with his family and ex- and extended that to some other family members, and then. Tim went up that and spent like 70 grand taking his three kids, his wife, and their spouses, right? Because his kids are in their 30s and 20s. So, however many people that is, eight or something, to Thailand for two weeks. So, you want to be able to do that. I mean, and these, you know, certainly, you know, they were probably his, you know, his son is oldest. He's like 36, I think. And, Certainly, he was probably like, I don't know. I don't want to go to Thailand with my, you know, I don't want to go any. I don't want to go on vacation with my mom and dad. But it's like, we're going to go to Thailand, stay in five-star hotels, and everybody else is going to come too, and we'll pay for the whole thing. And you're like, shit, that's opportunity of a lifetime. You know, you might not ever go to Thailand. Yeah, so go. <laughs> so they all went, and that always happens. And I've learned that. I've watched other patriarchs do that and and they can you can create incredible experiences if you're willing to pay for them yeah that's awesome all right so uh let's talk about um your greatest hits matt so you know everybody has greatest hits all the country music stars rock and roll stars have greatest hits album i want to know what matt lens's greatest hits album consists of 36 years old we're going to go backwards to the day you were born Give me five poignant moments in your life aside from, you know, your kids' births and that sort of thing, you know, that are that stick out in your memory as, as your greatest hits. Oh, cool. So that definitely brings it down. And poignant would be the right word. So one of them that really sticks out in my mind, I was 96. I was 11 years old. My dad's not someone who goes to the doctor very often you know, kind of strong that way, but also kind of stupid. But he, he had kidney failure, and he didn't know it. So he was actually turning yellow. And we went to the doctors one day, just him and me. And the person was like, I can't believe where your, your levels are for creatinine. You got to go in right now to the hospital. So it was just me with him. So it was him and me. We went in there. They brought the bad news to him right out of the gate. 
So it's one thing he always gives me credit to, you know, one, you know, no one else was there with him. So that really kind of, I don't want to say shaped me, but that was, you know, something that was important to me. So that happened when I was that age. What happened? Uh, working hard. No, what do you got, Pat? Well, what happened? You can't leave us hanging. Like, is, oh, no, was he okay? Um, so he, went <laughs> off. he got treated right away. Um, <laughs> they put him on dialysis. And then in 96, he got a kidney. He's had that kidney ever since. No uh, shit. How long did it take? To get a kidney? He was only yeah, like for about, for what? 10 years? For the list? No, he was only on the list for like a year and a half. Lucky dude, huh? Very lucky because now he's on the other end of that and it's failing again. He got an 80-year-old kidney. So that's 20 more years. He's got a kidney inside his body that's 100 years old. So it's just kind of cool thinking about that. But um, he's back on dialysis and he's, he's on the list to get a new one. So it kind of ties in what we were saying about family vacation. The type of dial- dialysis he does is in-home and they deliver everything. So it's kind of cool. It happens every night, but um, it kind of stinks because he's not someone to go with the flow and he won't travel. So that's, that's kind of where we are. But, um, you know, years ago, he would have died, and a lot of other people would. So it was, it was eye-opening for me to know that, you know, someone could be that close, and you never know what could happen. So that was one. Two, right. two was, um, I mean, a lot of good events in high school, definitely with sports, but valedictorian, getting that, to me, was, was very important. I was on the mission to do well, I don't want to say I gave up a lot, but I worked hard for it. So that would, that would be another point. Clearly buying my first house would be a point. You know, learning a little bit more of investing and then leaving my engineering position at Boeing. That would be another point that stuck out in my mind. And, uh, oh yeah, so this would be 2008. So I bought my dad a Corvette. And I didn't have a lot of money back then, but I had enough saved up. It wasn't a great Corvette. It was, I think, $8,000. But I got it for him on his birthday, and my uncle, who's basically a friend of mine, he's the one that got me into lifting and working out, and he has no kids, so it's, it kind of worked out pretty cool from that standpoint. Uh, he drove about two hours away from me and drove back, so that was, um, that was something cool, and he still has it today. Yeah, I get another great story of, of what you can do with money, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, again, you know, some people just, I've learned, they, they won't buy themselves things, uh, and I was one of those people, too. So when someone else does it for you... It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. Is that all of them? Or? Uh, I think that was five. I'm trying to think if anything else stands out. I mean, clearly kids, you said Nick's that though. Um, that was cool. I mean, seeing them grow and some of the things they're doing is awesome. But, um, you know, there's a lot more ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about that. So ahead, <laughs> right? So 36, let's say you live to 106, all right? right. So you got 70 years, right? Give me, give me five future greatest hits. So we kind of touched on it, not to reiterate, but yeah, future trips with kids is going to be awesome. Kids and family, that will be, that will be something that sticks out. Because day-to-day life, not just for me, for everyone, some parts of it can be you know, kind of mundane. And with my kids at the ages they are now, it's a lot of work. So trips would be cool. Honestly, stepping outside of real estate, I know you and I can talk quite a bit, but with that, I really want to build my team and just see them flourish and change their lives. Because I have one teammate who left Boeing in April, and he had a great year, and he's going to have an even better year now. And that's, that's the type of thing I like doing, mentorship and helping people 
and not being silly enough, I can still learn a lot too. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Kids being successful would be cool. I'm really torn with uh, Len, you know, and his two girls, you know, not going to college. Me being in academics as much as I was and getting master's degrees, I don't even know if I want my kids to go to college. So um, just shaping their future and having them have, you know, the business insight that I didn't. I stumbled onto a lot of this. And honestly, Pat, I got lucky. I'm not going to lie. I did get lucky with a lot of things. But knowing what I know and having, you know, good people behind me and go abundance, I mean, the sky's the limit for them. It really is. So just shaping their futures, as generic as that sounds, is, um, is going to be awesome. And then to tie it in, some type of physical feat. Like I said, I mean, a marathon's like, bleh, to me. Uh, I never really ran long distance. But something more on the physical side. I forget what it's called. But, you know, if you do one really killer thing a year, I think there's a Japanese proverb or something for that. It <laughs> makes you stronger for the 364 other days. So I really want to focus on something like that and um, try to do it yearly. Like what? Like, like, a, like a marathon or a triathlon? Or is that what you mean? Or, or like... Yeah, I mean, it could be something more, you know who David Goggins is, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so not, nothing crazy, and I would start small because I don't want to hurt myself, but um, something along those lines, something that, you know, when someone says it, it's like, wow. Um, yeah, like a killer event. Like, a, Yeah, I mean, that's good. And then the cool thing about those things is you end up having to train for them, so then you're putting yourself in another mindset and, and your body, and you know what I mean, and, 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 and the goal you know, of doing it and looking forward to it. But at GoBundance, we, you know, I don't know if you've joined any of the spars, but I saw them, but I didn't. (laughs) You can get a taste for that that only lasts two weeks rather than like a full year of training for a marathon or triathlon or or something like that. You know, like we just finished an intermittent fasting one where it wasn't like, oh, you're going to intermittent fast for a year. Was you going to get intermittent fast for 14 days or, you know, you're going to sweat every day for 14 days or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. So alcohol free, whatever for, for 14 days. So you get a taste to see if you want to, you know, take it to the next level. Now I'm on board. I want to do something and I don't want to always make a cop out. I mean, the kids and the amount I'm around them, it is a lot. I take them to school every morning. I pick them up and they're on a truncated schedule. I mean, school basically starts at eight 30 and I have to pick them up no later than 3.15. So in between those two times is when I get done most of my work. And then clearly when they go to sleep. And I've been waking up right around 5 a.m. every morning. So, you know, there's, there's only so much you can do in a day. <laughs> yeah, right. Absolutely. All right. So let me uh, grab the GoBundance app and I'm going to ask you a random question. You ready? Yeah. Let's get a good one. <laughs> uh all right, I'm going to ask you this. Ready? Go for it. It's a two-part question. First part is, what's your favorite song? Favorite song? So I always go back. I like Sublime, what I got. I mean, I'm a big Led Zeppelin fan, too. But if there's one that I'd have to say is my favorite, it's probably Sublime, what I got. All right. So, so my wife is teaching. My wife got me guitar lessons uh, for Christmas, and I've had two of them, and that's the song that we're learning with the instructor. <laughs> Um, that's the song? Funny enough, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an easy weird. song. Uh, according to him, because he asked me what type of mu- what's my genre, and I told him it's alt rock. And um, 
he said, all right, well, we'll go with this. So, cool. Um, all right, here's the second part. Ready? Sing it. <laughs> I just go from the chorus. So, love is what I got. Say, remember that. Love is what I got. Say, remember that. <laughs> there you go, buddy. Cool, brother. Good job. I love it. Yeah, he had me humming it. I mean, I was like, I know it's like early in the morning. Rise into the street. Yeah. Yeah. Strap shoes on my feet. Yeah. Cigarettes and I strap shoes on my feet. Yeah, man. Awesome, dude. Yeah. And uh, all right, cool, brother. So this is great. I really appreciate you coming on today and uh, sharing, Matt. Uh, You going to uh, Aspen? I'm there, man. Yep. I come in Sunday night and I'm staying with uh, the whole Oregon crew because I met Gabe Hamill last year. Uh, a lot of good insight from him. I mean, a lot of cool connections he's hooked me up with and vice versa. So um, I'm crashing with them. You going to play broomball? Uh, I think I'm in, man. You in? <laughs> yeah, man. I love that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely on the schedule. So I got to make sure I map it out. Map, out. map out that morning for that. That was good. Cool. All right, man. Sounds good, Matt. Hey, Pat. Thanks, man. Take care. See you in a week. In life, to be honest, I failed as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife. I love my life. And I wish you my kind of success. Don't step to me, bitch. Now you can take-